I'm Erica. And I'm Jules. Most people have at least one thing that they can't or won't eat. Yeah, we're definitely like that. We started this podcast to talk about the gluten-free food industry. Like new products and some of the stories behind your favorite brands. And living life with a specialty diet and also some important healthcare topics. Since we're basically both broken inside. You had me at eat. Welcome to another episode of You Had Me Eat, um, our personal it's so good to be back favorite podcast that we've ever made time with of the each week. other. Yes, number one rated podcast to... that we've ever made with each other. Number one rated <laughs> out of all the ones. Number one, all all of the ones, and it's my favorite time of the week because I get to chat with you, Erica, and we get to you know just talk all things gluten free and. Do. And we get to reconnect with our listeners because I don't know about you, but I hear from people all the time who tell me that they really enjoy our podcast and all of the funny things that we talk about that are super random, but that also are insightful. I don't know how we do that. It's magic. Super random we're and so insightful. Awesome. God, we're so awesome. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. But honestly, you're welcome. Everyone listening. <laughs> Yes, I am so grateful to connect. That's why I love Instagram and why I haven't completely abandoned it because it's the worst. Um, But it really does allow me to connect with people. And unfortunately, it's the least worst of all of them, though. It unfortunately allows me to connect with people and see their true sides, which has been (laughs) a real charmer lately. Yeah, I've lost some real life friends, but that's okay. Um, Because you know Mm. what? If it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be. So Whatever. Wow, what a way to start <laughs> and, off and it's, this podcast. It's taking, <laughs> it's taking its toll on your hair. We can see it. Um, yeah, uh, this is it. So, ladies and gentlemen, this amazing hair that I have, thanks genetics, um, has a hey, mind of its own. From one curly girl to another, I'm loving it. Mind of its Mine's own. still wet right now. That's why it's flat. But... Um, yeah, you can you can see our hair if you if you watch this on YouTube. But if not, you can just it imagine way. it. If you're if you're old school podcasting this right now, you can just imagine our hair. Mine is curly and flat. Erica's is dry and intense. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know if this is going to fit within the frame when we do our YouTube split videos of how high my hair is right now. I've been trying different combinations of uh, curly girl hair products just to see which one gives me the most lift and the most like carryover for the next day and whatever. Anyway, so my hair is big. Anyway, hi, hi, hi. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're back. I came from, I don't know if any Austinites, keeping Austin fun, uh, Toy Joy. I'm wearing a Toy Joy uh very bright neon um, hallucinogenic shirt from Toy Joy, which is my favorite toy store in Austin, Texas. Um, just got back from Austin, just got back from Disney. I have had a very long week and I'm tired and I am hungover from traveling. Just, ugh. <clears throat> can I just say, can we see your shirt one more time? Okay. The shirt has this, uh, crazed looking feline on it with her fangs out. And two nights ago at midnight, I had the really ill-fated thought that that would be a brilliant time to give one of our cats her shots. 
at mm. midnight. Mm. I don't know. I thought this would be a great time to, you know, have a, a bonding moment with my son. Here you hold the cat. I'll give her her shots. This will be great. He freaked out and decided the last minute, I can't do this. So we went and got Jeff. Jeff comes downstairs out of bed. He was reading. He's like half asleep. What, 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 what? He holds the cat. Not well. I should have held the cat. But then who would have given her the shots? Because one has to go in the muscle. They don't like that. And the other one has to go subcutaneously. So anyway, needless to say, this did not go well. And your shirt is what happened to our cat. And she clamped down on Jeff's hand. And he is now on antibiotics and might have to go to the hospital and get IV antibiotics because of the infection that her fangs have infused into his knuckle. Yeah. It was ugly. Yeah. And I blame myself. like cat scratch fever, but like cat bite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. So I saw your hand all like, oh, yeah. It's like a mitt. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. that's not good. That is 100% no, it's not antibiotics. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally blame myself. But how could I hold the cat and give the shots at the same time? Like I was the person who needed to be doing both because I'm yeah. the one who, you know. You do that with itty bitty cats do that. that are like this big, mm-hmm. but you can hold them all in one hand mm-hmm. and give. Yeah. Plus yeah. we only give sub-Q. We don't do muscular shots. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Which cat she is this? I don't like it. Leia. Hmm. Leia has lymphoma. She needs shots. Anyway, again, this is not at all the topic of the podcast. But I saw your <laughs> shirt and I was like, whoa, that hits home. Before yeah. we hopped on, Jules was like, this is going to go really long just based on what we have. And I'm like, you know why it's really long? And we went on a tangent about your cat. But um, wow, yeah. that's really horrible, Sorry. especially for Jeff, because we're going to be traveling soon and he needs to get his yeah. shit together. Yeah. Yes. His immune system yes. needs to get it all together <laughs> before we travel. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Anyway, yeah. Austin was great. Disney was great. <laughs> and keep Austin wild. Keep Austin wild. Keep Austin fun, whatever. Um, it was great. So many great food choices in Austin. I love Austin. It's my favorite place. I used to work there. It's amazing. I love it. I can talk about Austin all day, but this is not an Austin podcast. But what we are talking about is flying in planes. And if you saw the news lately, it was probably happening last week. I posted an Instagram video about it. Um, I hate flying. I have complete fear of flying. I went to see a therapist about it, like a lot of flight anxiety and with IBS, with any sort of digestive disease, always um, shitting yourself on a plane. Number one, number one fear, like just, and then sitting in it or like having to deal with it on a plane. Like I've definitely pooed my pants before. And then you just like throw away the underwear somewhere and then go get more underwear. Like, yeah, I've never pooed my, I have pooed my pants at home to be fair. I've also literally <laughs> pooed shit the bed. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I mean, look, anybody with IBS or IBD of any kind or has ever sit, had is, a digestive illness, like a, well, like yeah, a, or has ever a had like a, a really bad flu. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, has, is probably like, Ooh, yeah. Oh, we can talk about this. Like, yeah. and that's, that's where I think we're going with this whole conversation. People are like, what is happening? Why are they talking about this right now? It's because it's okay to talk about this. Yes. Like, but this has happened to lots of people before. 
Yes, but I think we all realized our largest fear when an yes. article was um, uh, going around like major news medias because a plane, an international flight had to turn around yeah. from, mm-hmm. I think it was Atlanta, but turn around yeah. because someone had diarrhea mid-flight, but not just because a person had diarrhea. Like that's not no. the problem. No. Like lots no. of people have bodily incidents on planes. I myself have had one of them. That's why I hate flying. But the problem was... This person they shared it, <laughs> shared their diarrhea with everyone. Um, I don't know how or why this happened. And I don't want to speculate because I do feel so bad for this person because yeah. I have been this person, but this person may have walked up and down the aisle or something. I don't know how, because there are puddles of human feces in the walkway of the plane yeah. Yeah. in the aisle. So it's and it's a lot. It's not just like a little bit. It's like a lot. So yeah. this plane had to fly back because there was a physical biohazard that yeah. like you, you can't have people around that. Right. That's not right. a thing. And hum, human feces is a is is a biohazard. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not just that we're all like ew gross. Like it it truly is designated as a biohazard because you can spread all kinds of things through that. Mm-hmm. And 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 you call and I live del- in your intestine. I mean, that's C. not diff, great. Yeah. Cholera. <laughs> Dysentery. <laughs> I mean, like, but other things like norovirus. We don't know why this happened to this person, but it was it was obviously caused by something they couldn't control, which is largely often something like a norovirus or something like that that is then spread. And, and that becomes the responsibility of Delta Airlines at that point um, to take care of the people on the plane. And, and if they don't, um, yeah. turn around and, and land ASAP and get people away from that biohazard, then that's on them. And it's a lawsuit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's why they had to do it. So it's like a big thing. And like, it's, it's horrible that the situation happened right. and I feel bad for obviously the person that happened to a oh, whole horrible that you are a national news story because of your. Yeah. Cause everyone's whipping diarrhea. out their phones. Absolutely. And, oh, yeah. there's so much video of it. I watched it yeah. all. So you didn't have to. <laughs> But I also feel bad for the other people on the plane because oh, they yeah. had to, you know, change their schedule around and modify everything. But I hope that there is like an ounce of compassion for anyone who is there. I mean, it's horrible to have to turn around. Like medical emergencies happen and you have to land wherever. Someone has a heart attack, whatever. Like that that happens and you have to land. I hope that these people have compassion for that. But I also hope that like they were fairly compensated. It's just a horrible, horrible situation. All the way around. That being said, that triggered a lot of people who have yeah. IBS, who have gastroparesis, who have all these things that they're like experiencing these issues on planes to be like, oh my God, this is why I have a fear of flying. Yeah. And it's so sad because mm-hmm. no, not a lot of people think about gastrointestinal conditions and be like, oh, how much do they really affect your life outside of the bathroom? But we've got people Mm. that wear diapers on planes. I mean, I've had to do that. Like I have had these issues where I like have been really nervous about flying because of like a a IBS flare. I remember in Portland, I had my massive, massive IBS flare for the first time. And I literally thought I was dying. This is like the first time it really hit. And I was so afraid. And I remember Cindy Gordon was like, do you want to go buy diapers? And I'm like, I think I can wear pads. Who knows if it's going to be absorbent enough? 
if yeah. I have an accident. Yeah. And then there's like all these like thinks and nicks and all these period panties that also absorb urine. And I'm like, well, if they absorb urine, they've got to, if you have an accident, maybe they absorb that. So like, these are the thoughts that you have. And like, yep. it's not just bathroom habits. It's literally like living your life about like, oh my God, I have to be back on a plane. And like, yeah. wow, I really hope that my stomach behaves itself while I'm on right. the plane for six hours or whatever. So yeah, right. it's horrible. Yeah. And it, some of those comments, I mean, it's just your heart just, you know, goes out to these people, people like saying, you know, how they have to take, you know, Imodium before mm-hmm. they ever get, even think about taking a flight or they, you know, fight for the seat closest to the bathroom. Yeah. And, you know, you think it's, it rearranges your life. Yeah. Or they change their diet three days before. And it's like, mm. Oh my God, like it's so much work and it's so much yeah. thought your, your brain yeah. It's living rent-free in your brain. And that's the issue that I have with yeah. these. It's not just a tummy troubles. It's not just a bathroom habit. Um, so yeah, I wanted to bring that to our, your attention because yeah. not only is it like re-traumatizing a lot of people, but I hate flying, do not <laughs> love it. And so we get to go back back on a plane after I just got off a plane, back on a plane to Philadelphia where I will meet you yeah. in person. Yes. Yes. Because we're going to expo. Yay. I'm so excited. Like, and that's a good thing, except for the fact that you have to get on a plane. I get to drive, luckily. Yeah, you get to take all the goodies home because you get to drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it used to be in Baltimore, which was so much better. So much better. We could host parties at our house. And it was just, it was lovely. It was Baltimore. But of course, all good things have to come to an end, right? Yeah. At least it's in Philly. It's drivable. But um, yeah, I'm wearing my... Tipo Chico shirt. So, we do get a lot of really goodies. fun free swag. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. prime time for great CPG yeah. swag. So yeah, but that that also means that it's going to be fun for all the listeners because they get to hear about all of the new stuff that we find at Expo coming up, and we get to record videos together, like in the same room in the same yes. state. Yes, which is always fun. That will be and lovely. So that's that's next week. God, that's terrifying. So. It's like I have to keep my life together. Sorry. It's all good. It's all going to be good. Rough, man. It's going to be fine. So, Jules, since I've done most of the... Since I've done most of the traumatizing talk about IBS uh, up to this moment... Uh, would you like to talk about your kitchen trauma that you've had? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What I've been doing um, the last week. So I, okay. One one of my passion projects is <laughs> bread machines because I, um, you know how I love to bake gluten-free bread and I want everyone to bake gluten-free bread. I like, you know, if I could buy the world a Coke, if I could buy the world a bread machine, <laughs> I would do it because I think everybody should bake homemade gluten-free bread. And most people are too afraid to do it. Yeah. It's amazing. And gluten-free, yeah. And gluten-free bread machines are like life-changing. Like you just dump the bread mix in the machine and push the button and out comes this amazing fresh loaf of gluten-free bread. That's the way it's supposed to work at least. And, um, so I have this, this, um, I have like a huge post on my site about how to use a gluten-free bread machine. And, and I have another post and I review all these gluten-free bread machines. Anyway, um, it's come to my attention 
many times in the past where, where people have written to me and said, I bought this machine and it didn't work right. And it, you know, my bread didn't turn out. So then I start like trying to get to the bottom of it and figure out what's wrong. And it seems like there's a universal truth of what's happening in these machines. And it happened to me last week too. And what I've gotten to the bottom of it is, is that Jules investigates. Yeah. Cue the detective music. The, what's happening is that with lots of these machines, it has a gluten-free bread setting, but they are programming the gluten-free bread setting as if it is for gluten-free bread any or for gluten bread anyway. And so, you know, the the user is happily following the instructions and dumping all the ingredients in just like they're supposed to and pressing the gluten-free button just mm-hmm. like they're supposed to. And they come back and their loaf is like a brick. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, what did I do? And maybe, you know, I, I added the wrong ingredients or I followed the wrong recipe or the mix is wrong or something happened or whatever. No, it's the machine because these manufacturers don't know what they're doing. And it's, it's so frustrating to me because it's really, really very simple. All you need for gluten-free bread is a mix cycle, a rise cycle, and a bake cycle. That's it. And it's like they fundamentally don't understand the science behind it because it's too easy. And and I, I don't know. I don't know how to get through to them. Um, but so I recorded a few videos this week <laughs> where I'm trying to get through to them by um, explaining it and demonstrating. So basically what happened with this machine that I got this week is manufacturers will send me these machines to test and review and what have you. And I normally like if, if people send me product that I don't like, I just don't talk about it. Like I'm not out here to be a hater. Right. Yeah. But when it comes to something like a bread machine where people are investing a lot of money in it, I feel like it's it's my duty to tell people don't buy this machine because at this point, what happens in a lot of these cases is someone will buy the machine, they'll try it, and they can actually return it. They can mm-hmm. exchange it for another machine. And in a lot of cases, like the one that I tested this week, this is a Hamilton Beach model. This particular model does not work. They have other models that do work. So it's not like I'm panning the whole company. Yeah, It's that they they have certain models that do not work that have been programmed erroneously and other models work. And then with this particular model, for example, this um, the model that I tested that didn't work on the gluten-free setting, I said, okay, well, instead of giving up on this model altogether, let me try their express bake setting, their two pound loaf setting. And it actually worked for the gluten-free bread. Um, it was not ideal because I think it needed a little bit extra time to bake, then you couldn't add any time on the end, but it still per- produced a very nice gluten-free loaf. It was just a little bit like un- uncooked on the top. Like I would have liked a little bit of a darker um, crust, but it was so much better than the loaf that was produced with the gluten-free setting. And so, you know, I'm going back and forth with the manufacturer and it's funny. They're like, well, did you, um, did you, scoop your flour or did you weigh it? I'm like, okay, look, 
I appreciate that you're asking me these questions. I am unfortunately but, the expert in this situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the I'm the expert in the room. But no, I, it's funny, and I, and I appreciate. I, I'm glad that they're asking the questions. But um, in my gluten free bread baking review article, what I do, and I do the same thing for every single machine I review. I always have all the years that I've been doing this. I use my GF Tools gluten free bread mix. That's all I do. So yeah, which is every like single safe. machine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the number one voted gluten-free bread mix. But besides that, even if it wasn't, it's that's that takes out the variables. So all I'm doing is dumping the same ingredients in mm-hmm. every single machine. So the only variable is the machine yep. every time. I'm not weighing anything. I'm not mixing. That's how you do nothing. science, everyone. This is science, kids. Yeah. And so it's pretty simple. If there's a problem, it's the machine. And, um, so I, I'm adding all of that to that, um, that review post this week and I'm, um, publishing those videos this week, but it's taking a really long time because I'm trying to figure out how to explain it in as succinct a fashion as possible so that people understand. And then also trying to be kind, like, yeah. again, I'm not yeah. trying, I'm not out here to pan anybody, but I'm, I, I do, I think that there's something that these manufacturers can learn from this. And I hope that they do, because I don't know, you know why I, they don't I'm, look like that's what their R and D team is supposed to do. I don't know. Well, part of the issue too, is that I think when you look at their recipe books, they have such crappy gluten-free bread mm. recipes mm-hmm. that they offer in the recipe book that demonstrates that they really have a lack of fundamental knowledge of how to bake gluten-free bread. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, they just don't get <laughs> maybe it. Maybe they don't get and, it, you know? And then when I was looking at this particular recipe book, this is the funniest part. The recipe book that came with this particular machine it says something I have never seen before, which is it says, and in like it's all caps, like this is, you know, don't miss this for gluten free bread. Use all purpose gluten free flour. Do not use one to one or measure for measure flour. They are not the same. What does that even mean? Tell me how. Like, can you elaborate on that? Like, what, what are you using? Like it, that's what they are. Like all purpose is one-to-one measure for measure flour. Like that's, that's what they are. That's why it's all purpose. That's why it's all purpose. I'm so confused. (laughs) Like who writes this stuff? So I really think they are totally on a different plane. There's just like a fundamental um, lack of understanding. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, so, so um, I will ask, so Zerushi, doesn't it have the two rises? It does. And, but, okay, so here's the interesting thing about the Zerushi. I have never liked their gluten-free setting, and I program around it, but I have used the gluten-free setting, and it's not horrible because- I love their gluten-free setting. That's how I make your bread in it. I know, but if you program around it, it's better, but their gluten-free setting- and this is why I'm saying it's it's complicated for me to try to explain it in a in a in a video and compare the two. But this the Zojirushi is a perfect example of that next to this Hamilton Beach model. The Zojirushi does this mix, then it does a rise, and it does another mix, and then it does the rise and does the bake. But the, their cycles are so different than this one that I just reviewed. So the it does a, a the Zojirushi does a mix, a small rise, a small second mix and then a larger rise and then a bake. 
the the Hamilton Beach does a mix, a rise, and then an extra long second mix, and then a rise, and then a, a bake. So it's what's the it's flipping what the Zojirushi does. And so what happens is that the Zojirushi hasn't totally started rising and setting before it like does its little punch down and then the second rise. And that's where you can get, you can sort of get away with it in the Zojirushi because it's not actually punching down. It's not enough of a rise to deflate it. And so in the Hamilton Beach model that I just reviewed, and and we'll put it in the notes, the link so that you know exactly which model I'm talking about. Because again, there are some Hamilton Beach models that are good. Um, in that one, it does a, I have the thing here to tell you exactly the minutes, but the second punch down um, and the rise, the mix cycle is something like 16 or 20 minutes long after it has already risen. Hmm. And so what you see, and I have a video of this, is that at the, the top of the bread has already set and started rising. And you can just see the bottom of the bread is moving with the paddle and there's nothing happening to the top of the bread because it's already risen and it has hmm. started to set. And so basically when you cut into the loaf at the end, you can see that the bottom of the loaf is denser and more compact than the top of the loaf because it got even yes. more abused than the top of the loaf because the paddle's like moving around and deflating and taking all of that carbon dioxide out of the the bread that had already formed. And there's no opportunity for that to reform again because you don't get a second chance of that in a gluten-free setting with the gluten-free breads because there's no exercising the yeah, gluten no and the elasticity yeah. is gone. So there's none of that. You only get that one time with gluten-free breads. So it's just a fundamental lack of understanding of the chemistry of gluten-free to, to do that and abuse the loaf in that way. And don't abuse by the way, why are you abusing the loaf? And by the way, it makes it, it was like a three hour long setting, which is unnecessary. The express loaf made a perfectly decent loaf in an hour and 35 minutes. Ta-da. Does the express setting not have that second? Nope. Okay. And, and the, the gluten-free loaf rose like four inches and the express loaf rose and it was like something like five and a half inches. And it doesn't sound like a lot. Size matters, ladies. Size matters. But I mean, if, if I could hand it to you, you'd be like, the four and a half pound loaf was like dense and heavy and the five, five and a half um, a pound, the, the inch loaf, that one is light and airy and it, and you could even just see the air, the air bubbles in it. Like the, you know, the, yeah. the, the crumb and everything was just open. That's such a and bummer because open. you know that people are it buying it and being like, this is yeah. my loaf. And you're like, Oh no, that's not supposed yeah. to look like well, that. No. And what they're doing is they're saying, Oh, this is what gluten-free bread has to be. No, yeah. it doesn't. And that's, this is all part of the bad rap of gluten-free bread, right? Is like gluten-free bread has to be dense. It has to be, you know, a brick. It has to be heavy. And, and don't get me wrong. Like the bread was still (laughs) edible. (laughs) Like it just, it could have been so much better. Right. And, and it was when I baked it on the express bake. 
So, you know, my, the moral of the story with my, the video that I shot was, look, if you're stuck with a machine like this, look and see if there's another setting that might work. Because if I, if I had this machine in my possession and I couldn't return it, and this was my machine and I already spent the money on it, I would be happy with this express loaf setting. I would not have a dark crust, but yeah. I would have a ha- I would have a good loaf of bread. If I could return it, I would return and it. get another model and get a different model. But this is not exclusively a problem with this Hamilton beach. This happens with lots of other machines. Yep. And cause I hear from readers all the time and I work through the problem with them and I'm like, look, can you do this? Can you do this? And you would not believe the number of people who are able to return their machines and get another one that I recommend. And they are so happy. Yeah. So That's I just why want you have to the be happy bread machines because you right. do the work, you do the legwork right. that they should have done in R and D, but they didn't. But they didn't. For and gluten it, free. I just don't understand. I know. It's not that hard. Yeah. And I just think they're overthinking it. Like they're they really believe that it has to be just like gluten, which it doesn't. It's totally not at all like gluten. But Jules, have so. you tried using all purpose flour instead of a measure for measure flour? You know because what? That might so make different. all the difference. Maybe your flour <laughs> is too much of an all purpose flour and not right or too much of them i should you know what i should stop calling my my flour an all-purpose one-for-one flour because then it's not the same it's not not my head's gonna explode yeah it's so weird it's almost like they were like saying we're not going to tell you which brands. Oh, yeah. Oh, they absolutely are. Because they're like, okay, so R&D tested it with Bob's Red Mill one for one. And it did yeah. not work. But they tested and it. And we with, tested it with King, yeah, King, King Arthur, Arthur Measure for Measure. measure, measure, measure. It also didn't yeah. work. <laughs> I know, right? So yeah. don't use these two. Seems like yeah, coded it was really weird. language. I know. But so what all-purpose flower did they use that worked? Like, Dude. it's so bizarre. Anyway. But yeah. So this, that was my week. That was my week. So speaking of really horrible things that are just (laughs) okay. Yeah. I have another Instagram that I posted. There was some controversy online this week as there always is in the gluten-free community. um, This is why you can't get off Instagram. You're addicted to it. I am honestly. You love the controversy. controversy. Uh, There is, there was some, I don't even know who he is. Very attractive, handsome gentleman who is like a travel blogger or something. But he says that he is gluten allergic. Who the hell knows what that means? Because that's yeah. What is what even is that? Um, And speaking of measure for measure, measure for measure versus all purpose. purpose. (laughs) He's an all purpose blogger, not a measure for measure blogger. (laughs) So who knows who the hell this guy is? Anyways, his video went viral and got picked up, and it was just like, "Hey, I'm gluten allergic, and I can't have any gluten in the U.S., but I can have gluten." In Europe, because oh, God. Of and no, blah, blah, blah. And not like, one oh, of these God. people. I'm like, I thought we put that myth to bed years ago. No, no, we didn't. We didn't because no. it's still around. And the comments are just like wild, right? Because everyone's like, oh my God, really? I can't wait to go to Europe now. And first of all, there is good gluten free food in Europe. Jules will tell you, she's been there. Other bloggers will tell you there is amazing gluten-free food in Europe. They are eons ahead of us as far as 
baking and food and having like uh, a gluten-free menu in all restaurants. Like they get it. They've been doing this for a while more than us. Yep. However, and there, and there are companies like Char, Char in from Europe. Europe that sell in the United States. It's so silly. But this guy's missing a fundamental flaw in his logic that, that wheat is wheat is wheat is wheat. And there are no borders. Like wheat does not know that it is from Italy. You know, it's just like, I get what he's trying to say about like whatever organic pesticides or whatever that we use here, non-organic or however it's grown. My dude, wheat is wheat is wheat is wheat. Now there may be different varietals that maybe he's allergic to a pesticide. Maybe Maybe his problem, maybe he's not. Maybe his particular problem isn't gluten. Maybe, but like people use different varietals of wheat. There are different varietals of wheat that are grown. Some summer wheat, winter wheat, whatever. Like if you look at the different types of wheat that I had to look at for this tattoo because I wanted to make sure it was as accurate as possible. Wheat looks different. There are different varieties of wheat, right? But it's still the same thing. The gluten is the protein found in wheat. It's still going to be there regardless of what variety of varietal Europe people, you know, breed or put in their food. Um, It may be lower in gluten content, but it's not safe for anyone who is gluten-free. It is not safe for anyone who has a true intolerance to it. I have no idea how some people who are intolerant to wheat are eating wheat there and being fine. And that's how they started this whole perpetuating myth. But like, it's, it's not true. So that is something that we have to bust all the time. Uh, I know people there's, there's a woman who posts not infrequently on um, my Facebook posts. And she says this all the time and she links to some product on Amazon and and I swear she's just as bad as those those people Herpes who say people. like they've yeah so and so healed my my HSV or whatever they say whatever they put these comments on my Facebook all the time she's just like that only she says my doctor told me that I could eat this wheat product this oh no no you know what it is it's a it's some French wheat flour that she can eat without any problems at all. And she has celiac and she can eat it. And her doctor told her and she links to it. She literally puts an Amazon link Yikes. in my Facebook posts on my, my GF Tools Facebook page. And she's like, my doctor said it's safe and I never have a reaction and it's better than any other gluten-free product. And I tell everyone to eat it. I'm like, would you stop lady? Seriously, you're going to like get people sick. It's not yeah. okay. The name of the product in, in French is, is like wheat flour, like that she's posting. Like, it's not okay, lady. That is not okay. Not, not okay. So that's kind of just like a thing that we have to talk about a lot. That's a myth that we commonly bust. That, that was not the issue here. While that viral video, of course, sparked a conversation that we had to re-educate some people about it. Um, And then obviously fight the myth that like everything's glyphosate. And, 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 or GMO, sorry, GMO wheat. GMO wheat is the cause of all celiac. Well, guess what? GMO wheat is not commercially available at all. It's not a thing that is happening. That's not... It's not the reason for celiac disease. First of all, <laughs> celiac disease was in the 1400s, yeah. 1500s or whatever. Like the Greeks talked about it. That's why it's called it. celiac. Yes. The celiac is a Greek word. That's <clears throat> not it, bro. But... um that wasn't the main issue. The main issue is that there was a gluten-free bakery, a dedicated gluten-free bakery in 
Washington, in Seattle, that I visit, that I have eaten at, that I have promoted, that posted about it on a a reel, that cross-posted his video and was like, hey, for those of you who went to Europe this summer, I know a lot of you did. What do you feel about? Like, do you feel like you could eat wheat too? And it wasn't like, hey, just so you know, this video is completely inaccurate. Like they weren't posting it to be like, hey, this is inaccurate. Like, please don't believe this gentleman. But like they posted it 100% for views. But like, why would you ever post as a gluten-free bakery unless there was a disclaimer that's like, we do not believe in this. I promise you there is enough good gluten-free food in America. You don't have to fly to Europe and cheat on your diet. Like they did nothing about there was no caveat there was no like this guy is out of his mind please don't do that so it riled up the entire community and all of us went on their page it's like bro put this down like this is ridiculous do not have this on here it confuses a lot of people who may be new like this is really harmful material you're not saying any caveat even if you're against it like why would you ever put this up you know it's so dumb so a lot of people got really pissed at this bakery because it's like if you're talking about this what type of products are you using in your flour you know like yeah. that's dangerous so um and they weren't replying to any comments like even the people that are like are you using you know wheat starch in your products are you using Ooh, wheat yeah. flour in your products from italy like please tell us so we never go in your bakery again didn't reply to any of the comments After I think three or four days, they took it down, but never got back to any person who ever commented on it. And it was just like so weird. And it's just so gross. And I'm like, are you really doing this for views? Because that's disgusting. Their products are so good. Like this bakery, their products are so good. They don't need that bullshit. They could literally just like post about their cinnamon rolls and it would bring people to their knees if they had the right social media person. But clearly like they don't know what they're doing. They're posting something for views and it's dangerous and it's misinformation. It's harmful to our community. It's well, gross. now apparently um, maybe you shouldn't eat their cinnamon rolls because you know what's in them. Well, it's not, I mean, they, I've looked at all of their flowers. Like it's great. It's a great product. And that's what sucks the most is it's like, come on guys, you're better than this, but they're not apparently. (laughs) So (laughs) not anymore. It's just such a bummer too. Mm, They're such a good bakery, but um, yeah, that's a bummer. And I think what's, what's good is that it brings the whole community together to talk absolute crap about this one post and to fight misinformation, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but it's sad that it still has to be said. And this being the week of celiac awareness week. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we're aware. (laughs) I think we're aware. Uh, I think most people are not aware about the uh, intricate nature of our diet and about wheat in other countries. But yeah, I think uh, the whole world, could use a little bit of education, like just a basic science back. I mean, my God, talk about the pandemic, making people afraid of science, but the whole world could just use a big, nice, warm science hug. I'm like, and just like, please don't believe everything you see on the internet. It's going to be okay. (laughs) And don't believe the um, manual that comes with your bread machine. (laughs) Don't believe the manual. That's all fake news, Jules. (laughs) perpetuated by big bread yeah you're involved exactly. in the deep fake big bread <laughs> conspiracy fake, big bread conspiracy Jesus. Yeah, yeah it's oh it's a it's been a week 
Yeah, yeah. Well, this time next week, we will be happily ensconced in our um, Expo East joy bubble. world. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our little bubble. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we will be, we'll be finding you all the latest and greatest and cannot wait to report back on that. And we will um, not be bringing you any fake news. So no fake news. Mm-mm. No fake news. 100% real. Yeah. No alien conspiracy Erica, theories here. No. And Erica will travel safely. There will be no incidents. Just fingers crossed. You want me to bring you muffins? Yeah. Okay. Travel muffins. Travel muffins. Cool. All right. Well, Jules, I'll see you next week. And everyone here, I'll see you whenever we produce the next episode (laughs) of You Had Me To Eat podcast. Please like, subscribe, tell everyone about it. Tell your mom. 